Welcome to Real Time Real Estate, a podcast brought to you by St. Louis Realtors, your voice for real estate. Good day, everyone, and welcome to Real Time Real Estate, a podcast brought to you by St. Louis Realtors. My name is Jennifer Wiegert, Director of Marketing and Communications, and with me today is Wendy Cromer, Vice President at Security Title. Thanks so much for joining us today, Wendy. Thanks for having me, Jennifer. I'm very excited. This should be fun. Good, good, good. So to start us off, we're going to talk about what are some of the biggest misunderstandings about your industry? You know, I'm sure there's more than I'm going to say. (laughs) But uh, I would say that to me, and I'm the resident title geek for my my company, Security Title. And uh, so bear with me because I get excited about title and title issues. But I feel like for most of your listeners... The focus is is generally on the closing. I think everyone views that as the celebration. You know, they get their keys, they're moving, it's fun, it's exciting. And many people tend to forget that um, at the heart of things, title companies are insurance agencies, meaning that we're issuing title insurance policies uh, at the time we close for the buyer. So I think that's something that people just tend to forget. I don't know if it's a misunderstanding, but I think that's something that I always like to to bring up and point out. I also think that, you know, along the lines of issuing title insurance policies, our goal in title is a little different and unique than most other types of insurance that people deal with on a daily basis. Um, And believe me, I love a good insurance commercial. I'm just going to throw that in there <laughs> because there's some great ones out there. And, uh, but I think it just goes to show that for most types of insurance that people deal with on a daily basis, whether it's homeowners, whether it's car or auto, they're looking at buying insurance for a future claim, uh, something that's going to potentially happen to them in the future. Whereas, At the title company or the title agency, our goal is claims avoidance. You know, we're we are issuing a policy for typically someone's largest asset and you know their home. And you know, home is where the heart is. We've all heard those lovely sayings. No one wants a title claim to occur on somebody's home because that can be painful. We do a lot of searching and exam and, uh, you know, curative measures to try and do our best to avoid claims. However, you know, security title is not alone. Every title company underwriter pays a lot of claims. Some agencies pay claims and underwriters pay claims. In my role, I deal with a lot of issues that can potentially turn into claims because I handle customer service matters after closing that might come up for um, our company and for our family of companies. I think the other thing that's really unique and interesting when it comes to title insurance is that a lot of claims aren't even known until many years after someone buys their home. It can be a long time. Now, granted, sometimes we're, we're notified right away after a closing occurs that there's an issue or something popped up. But there are times when we get a call and it's years after someone has bought their home and we're notified of an issue or a problem or, or something that they don't understand. And I think that for most people, what they don't understand is that the owner's policy 
of title insurance, which people are typically buying when they buy a home, is in place for as long as the buyer and their heirs and or their heirs own that property. So while realtors and uh, other parties to the transaction kind of view that transaction as being done after closing. I've closed. I'm, you know, we've we've gotten the keys to the right people. They're moved in. Life is good. They're moving on. We're still potentially engaged with the parties to that transaction for years after the fact. So I think those are probably uh, the biggest misunderstandings that I see in my industry. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing those points and just kind of giving us some guidance on that. That's, and we do all love a good, a good commercial. I mean, it, yes. right off of <laughs> right off of that, it's like you mentioned good insurance commercials. It's like, oh yes, we all love an entertaining insurance commercial. <laughs> sure. For sure. Tell me, can you share um, maybe some issues, problems that you've seen over this last year? I know we've all been dealing with a world that is very different from years past over the past couple of years, but perhaps maybe share a couple of issues and or problems that you've seen occur. Absolutely. Uh, I have, it's fun uh, because I see some really uh, crazy things pop up in my world. And one of the first ones was, and I've been doing, I've been in title insurance for over 35 years. So I've been doing this my whole life. I love title, title's great. But one of the reasons why I love title is because I do see different and new things happen every day. Uh, And every time anyone in our industry thinks we've seen it all, then we get that call and we're like, how did that happen? And, you know, one such event occurred uh, regarding a bill for demolition. And, you know, this is something that just happened in the last six months. So it, it is interesting to me. We had a closing on a property that was a vacant lot. In, in the city of St. Louis. And uh, prior to the property becoming what we call a vacant lot, there had been an, a structure on it. And that structure, I'm not sure exactly what happened to it, but it, it became condemned. Um, you know, whether it was a, through a fire or just, you know, somebody breaking into it, it was a vacant property, but the actual structure itself became unsafe. And what the city does in those situations is they will go in and first they'll ask whoever the owner is to either fix it or demo the demo it so it's not going to create a problem for other people. But if they don't, then the city has an obligation to demolish that property and make that neighborhood safe, which they do. And so in this situation, the seller lived out of state of that property. And, And that's pretty common. You know, when you have vacant property, a lot of times it might be owned by an investor that lives, you know, somewhere else. They may not live in the property, so they don't know how bad it is. And so the city uh, followed their normal course of action and mailed a letter to the seller. You know, because the seller lives out of state, we don't think the bill made its way to the seller, but we're not really sure. We weren't engaged in that process. It happened, um, I don't know, two or so years ago. And um, there was a demolition charge assessed on the property because the city has to be reimbursed 
for those fees that they have laid out to make that property safe. Hopefully that makes sense the way I'm explaining this. So I think the issue came in that every department has its own unique way of handling things. And so the department that demolishes the buildings is one department. The, de- the department that actually collects the money uh, for the demolition is a different department. And I think COVID just probably made things uh, harder in that, you know, getting the bill from one department to another took some time. And so uh, you have a situation where the, the city's owed money. We're running title because we're running the records and the records aren't reflecting that bill yet. So we think this is what's owed. You pay it and you move forward. And then after a new buyer has purchased that lot, all of a sudden there's an, uh, a bill for demolition popping up in the records. And it doesn't have to be just a demolition bill. It could be, you know, weed cutting. It could be, and we run into this in the county too with municipality issues, things like that, uh, where fees are assessed against properties, whether it's weed cutting, you know, the municipality or the city or whoever is trying to keep that property safe in that neighborhood. And so they have to expend dollars to do so. That bill has to be recovered and uh, they either file a special tax lien or they glom it on to the county property taxes, which a lot of times they do. Um, but the handoff can sometimes take a while. And that that creates a lot of drama in title insurance land, <laughs> not just in security title, but at every title company I think I could speak for here. Um, because they're almost, I don't want to say hidden liens, but they're they're hidden from us. We don't know that they exist. We don't know that that problem exists. And oftentimes when you have vacant property, it is being transferred quite frequently. You have investors that are buying and selling, you know, these vacant lots all the time. And so, uh, you know, that's an area where, you know, fortunately in this situation, you know, we were really lucky to work with the city directly and, and work through it with them. But that would have been a complete failure of title if that claim was not able to be resolved with the city. And so, you know, you have a a lot that's only worth X amount of dollars and a a bill that's more than that. (laughs) So so that would have been, you know, a, a huge problem. And, you know, title insurance not only, you know, insures that claim, but we have uh, our underwriters have attorneys that have to defend claims that, you know, so they go through and there, there's a lot more to it than just paying out a bill, you know, for a couple hundred dollars here or there uh, that can go into that issue. That's probably, that was the really crazy, crazy one I had this year. Um, I've had some other ones that I think are more common that come up all the time. You know, the next one I guess I would talk about is um, when property goes to foreclosure. And um, I think this one's interesting because it will hopefully provide some perspective on how title companies assess risk and why we make decisions that we make when people are going to close. Uh, I know that sometimes, you know, not just security title, but all title companies are sometimes viewed as 
the obstacle in getting the deal closed because we ask for things and we want certain things done before we get to closing. And they're like, well, why do you need that? Uh, <laughs> but um, when, uh, when property goes to foreclosure, the law firm that's going to handle that foreclosure is going to run title to make sure the lien position that the lender is in. In this case that I'm going to talk about, there was an unreleased deed of trust that popped up in the title records. I think what a lot of people don't understand because a lot of times title companies will take the risk and insure over an unreleased deed of trust in order to get a file closed. However, if that property ever goes to foreclosure, that unreleased deed of trust that we insured over is going to be a claim. That foreclosing law firm is going to file a claim with the underwriter and demand that that issue be cured. And so that's why underwriters really want to look at the situation at hand before they will just automatically insure over a problem or insure over an unreleased uh, mortgage that could be out there. And that's why it's always best to try and cure. And by that, I mean, get a release on an unreleased mortgage if you can, when you're buying a house. And so that's why, you know, title agencies out there, security included, are like, let's try to get that release done <laughs> instead of just insuring over it and moving on. It's always best to try and, and fix the problem anytime you can. I would say the other issue that I would like to bring up is um, we had a situation where repairs were completed pursuant to a building inspection issue. And um, the contractor that uh, completed the work turned in a lien waiver. It was like everything was done the way it should have been done. You know, everyone knew the work was getting done. The contractor, uh, the work got completed. We got a lien waiver. We paid them their money. Everyone's happy. Woo-hoo, it's a good day. But The contractor did not disclose that they had hired a subcontractor early in the game who they ended up firing on the job because they didn't like the work that they were doing. And so the subcontractor saw that the house was sold and contacted us and said, hey, we did work on this property. We're owed money, blah, 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 blah. And... uh, (laughs) threatened to file a mechanics lien against the property. And so, uh, you know, that was a lot of conversation because the contractor had to come back and admit that, yes, they had hired this company, uh, but that the company did uh, poor work. And so they fired them. And uh, so they had to go out and fix that problem. So we were, you know, fortunate to, to get all the players at the table. But I think a lot of Realtors don't understand that it's not just the general contractor that can file a lien against a property uh, where work has been done. Um, The subcontractors and the suppliers also have the ability to file a mechanics lien. And uh, that's the number one claim in Missouri uh, in the title insurance industry. So that's why were uh, over, over the top, some people would say, about asking those questions about has work been done? Um, because we all know that 
you know, most listings are not in perfect condition when you take them and there's typically going to be some, some work that's done here or there and just making sure that everyone has their, their arms around what's been done. We make sure we're documenting the file appropriately and getting it taken care of. Thank you very much. Yes, it's it's obvious. Let me just say that you have vast knowledge on this topic, and I've already learned so much in the short time we've been speaking. It's easy to hear the passion that you have in your voice. Um, so let's say, tell our agents in our audience how they might help their customers avoid these ty- types of issues, what you were just talking about. Um, let them know, you know, what, what are some things to watch out for, or how can they just be aware so that they can then help their clients in the future? Absolutely. So, you know, Jennifer, I would say the number one thing that realtors can do is to view their title companies as their partner in the transaction. Most real estate transactions are brought up because something's happening. Not all the time. Sometimes people just want to move. Way to go. But a lot of times, you know, it could be grandma's house and grandma passed away or, or grandma had to go into a nursing home or uh, the couple that owned the house is getting a divorce. And so now you have to sell the family unit home and each one of them is buying a new home. So there's all kinds of different reasons why people choose to buy and sell their property. The more you can share with your title agency up front, the better job they're going to do for you. And don't be afraid to reach out to them at the beginning when you're just going out and taking a listing and you are talking to that client and they're telling you some you know crazy buzzwords like, oh, I may not be in town for closing or, oh, we, you know, we just did a whole gut rehab on this property or whatever. Um, you know, call the title company right away and just say, hey, I have this property. I'm, it's, you know, looks like it's going to sell fast. This is what we got going on. Is there anything I need to be aware of? We love to know more earlier in the game because the, the sooner we know what's going on and we're happy to look things up and, and help you figure it out, uh, the better job we can do for you. It, it's, there's already so much stress that comes to closing at the 23rd hour you know, whatever we can take off of that day before closing drama or day of closing drama, the better. Um, and, and I think that's just by, you know, partnering with each other and, and sharing information is the number one thing, I will say. The other thing is we talk about client information letters. Uh, some people might know those as seller information letters, buyer information letters. The bottom line is it's you know, information is very important to the title company. There are a lot of questions on those letters that we need the answers to in order to do the best job we can. And realtors and and even lenders in in some respects have uh, the benefit of creating relationships with the client or the consumer early in the game. The title agency and the title company were brought in at the end. You know, we're the last cog in the wheel, however you want to say that. And so your customer does not know who we are, why we're important. Most of the time, they don't respond to us. Uh, (laughs) I'm just saying it like it is. So anything you can do to make that connection happen, uh, help us get our information earlier in the game is 
very much appreciated. It, it, it's super helpful and, and we love that. And at the end of the day, understand that some situations can't be avoided. Even with all of our due diligence, even with all of our homework and our checking, there's still going to be title insurance claims. If there weren't, I wouldn't have a job. I get that. So that's okay. Um, but that's why title insurance exists. That's the beauty of title insurance. And, and that's why the, the strength of the policy underwriter and knowing that the title company is going to be around uh, when claims arise is very important for your client. Because even though uh, once the deal is done, you are typically moving on to your next deal, that customer is potentially a customer of the title policy for years to come. And those claims could come out then. Wonderful. Thank you. Those are some wonderful tips. And I thank you for pointing out, bringing in those relationships. As we all know, relationships are so, so important in the general world, but also just a core to to this industry, to this business. Um, So I think, yes, I think that's a super important um, keynote to bring into this discussion. Is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners today? I would say the, the only other thing to keep in mind, and I think our industry needs to do a better job of this as well, is uh, helping the customer understand that closing is really two steps. It's the signing and the funding. Uh, there are a lot of times people will come to our office and they sign and they're, they're like, okay, I signed, where's my keys? Or, okay, I signed, where's my check? Um, there's a process like everything I know, uh, but <laughs> we use the word closing interchangeably in our world. And, you know, we just assume, which we know is dangerous. A lot of times that people understand that, you know, closing means signing and then funding, but most customers, they don't buy houses or sell houses every day and they don't always understand that. So um, helping, helping us get that word out, I think would be wonderful, not just for, you know, security title, but for, for, I think all, all throughout our industry, I think it would be great. I agree. I think that's a great, great tip because you are correct. Not everyone deals with, with our industry on a day-to-day basis. And I think that that, you know, pointing that out is a great way to, again, bring all those relationships together and and make sure everyone's on the same page. So again, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, And let me just say, it was great to hear from a self-proclaimed title nerd on the topic. (laughs) You are a wealth of knowledge. You did an excellent job. You provided certainly more information than I knew. I'm sure our listeners would agree that this is, this is a wonderful So thank you again so much for joining us today. And we loved hearing from you. Thanks, Jennifer. And I'm always happy to to talk to anyone anytime. And, you know, whether there's a deal in the the hopper or not, just if you have questions, I always should feel free to, to reach out. Wonderful. Thank you so very much. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Real Time Real Estate, a podcast brought to you by St. Louis Realtors. Join us next time for more on real estate news, trends, and industry insights. And be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. St. Louis Realtors, your voice for real estate.